0: Here we go. I'm going to just pray and uh, ask, ask for God's help. Um, Father, thank you that we can gather together today. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're building. Thank you that you love the church. And uh, I pray, Lord, your passion for the church would just come through today. And it would be uh, just a beautiful thing. Lord, people's hearts would be captured by you. And by what you're doing, Lord, we just pray against the devil's works and everything the devil would want to try and do in our lives. We pray for you to be glorified in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, Dan. I would like you to, there'll be, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. I'd like you to, know oh, it's not a joke. No, no, no tea towels, there's a little bit of history there. I would like you to, I would like you to drop down and give me 30, please. 1, Yay! Go, 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 go. Dan, 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 Okay. <laughs> 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 worth your while, guys, worth your while. <laughs> worth your while. <laughs> worth while. <laughs> Simon Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just have a fibre,
1: please?
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> Question, which one of those are you more comfortable with? That one. Why? Because you can join the dots and you can see the link. He did the press-ups, he got the fiver. What happened there? It was like, what was that about? Didn't do a thing. Must be on grace today. (laughs) If you never feel foxed, by God's grace, you probably haven't got it. Whenever I get into a conversation about someone about God, Jesus, spiritual things, they slip into good works mode. I was chatting to someone last night, and it came up that I'm a vicar. <laughs> I, use, I use that term. I don't know what other term to use, so I said, yeah, you know. And he instantly started telling me about how he helps the people over the road go shopping every week. I mean, it's, a, it's actually a great thing that he does. I thought, this is great. But it was interesting in my mind, he slipped into that mode as soon as I started talking about God. Yeah? And I think we do. We start thinking, oh, how have I done? How am I doing? Am I, am I being good enough? And when we do that, we betray the fact that we probably have still got a very long way to go on grace and understanding grace. I'm going to speak to you about spiritual gifts today. The Bible calls them charismata, which means grace gifts. Gifts which God gives us, talents, abilities that are nothing to do with anything we've done. We haven't earned them, worked for them, studied for them, revised for them. We simply have them. They are, they're, they're, when, we, when we become a Christian and we receive the Holy Spirit, he brings certain endowments, abilities to us, whereby supernaturally we can just do things. It's an amazing thing. And it, there's, it's not that you earn it. And I want to speak to you and really get under your skin on it so that you grasp the fact you're gifted because he's grace gifted you. And I think a lot of Christianity is still legalistic, still thinking, oh, people say, I won't prophesy today because I haven't had a very spiritual week. So surely God won't speak to me today. What is that mentality? What is that? What's at the root of that mentality? Is that prophecy flows when we're doing well. That's no, a grace gift. It's nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Or I would get up and I feel like God's put something in my heart to share today, but I bet not, because you know what? I swore yesterday and I was impatient there and I I'm not holy enough. No, no, no. It's a grace gift. It's nothing to do with that. And I think, I don't know, you know, by the silence it kind of seems like I could be hitting on something. <laughs> what does grace mean? It means unmerited favour. It means favour that you can't earn. And this whole Christian message is basically about God's unmerited favour towards us. He favours us. He favours you. That's why he opened your eyes to see Jesus. Because he favours you. Yeah, but why? There is no reason why. He just does. I mean, Rachel, what's your favourite colour? Why? What's purple ever done? What's it ever done for you? Why do you like it? It just moves you. Green moves me. I love it. I love green. I love green. I tell you, when I wrote that book and they, uh, they did, I left the design of the cover to them, and it came back green. I was like, God, you are so good. <laughs> I love it. Why? What's green of nothing? I just, I just, I, want, I, I, I love it. It's grace. God loves you. God favours you. God, you think well, what what no he just does his heart is toward you he's for you this is grace you can't earn it and the tragedy is when people become Christians because they get grace and then before, hours weeks or months later they turn back to trying to earn his favor and I think where's the joy gone you've, you've moved away from grace you've moved away you've moved away from the spirit you're trying to do it in a natural it's not how it works hallelujah supposed to enjoy this thing <laughs> being a Christian it's supposed to be fun so now I'm not saying there's no point praying for spiritual gifts there is but if you pray for a gift and you get it it's not a reward Oh, you prayed enough so you okay you prayed enough so you got no all it is is what Simon did you asked so you said God says yeah it's not oh, I, I, because I insisted for four hours that was the moment God said yeah he really does deserve this no that's not how it works interestingly no I won't go there it's too controversial right okay one Peter Sometimes it's worth going there, sometimes it isn't. One Peter, we're, we're looking at chapter 4, um, verses 10 and 11, spiritual gifts. Here we go. We're going to just work through this short passage, this short sentence from Peter. Peter says this As each, each, say each. each. That means every. As each has received, say received. received. Not earned, received. A gift, say gift. You know, it's totally unfair, if you're a parent or if you're ever going to be a parent, it's totally unfair to say to your kids, if you're naughty, you won't get this for Christmas. If you say that, then you are saying that the Christmas things are rewards, not gifts. Yeah? If if it's a present, it's a present. If, you've, if it's a reward, it's a reward. So if I say, look, if you wash the car, you'll get some chocolate. they don't wash the car, they don't get the chocolate. No problem, the chocolate was never a gift. It was a reward. That's fine. That, that's okay. It's not bad. It's a different thing. But gifts are gifts. Salvation and the Holy Spirit are gifts. Use it. Say, use it. Use it. <laughs> to serve. Say, serve. serve. <laughs> One another as, God, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Love that word, varied. It means motley. It's one of the words, motley grace. That's, that works here. Okay. Um, whoever speaks, so if you've got, a, if you've got a, a, a gift of speaking, preaching, teaching, prophesying, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, so people's gifts are perhaps more practical, setting up, setting down, teas, coffees, um, do, making meals, um, you know, helping people to move. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that, in everything, say everything, Everything. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So these gifts, right, they're they're grace gifts, as I've been introducing to you. But I think sometimes we undervalue the gifts because maybe they're free. I mean, usually free stuff is rubbish, yeah? (laughs) Bottom line. Party bags stuff that the kids get in party bags. I mean, it's not going to be around in a week's time. It's going to be broken, isn't it? Because it's plastic rubbish. It's like, you know, the the freer the, the less something costs, the more rubbish it is. I got to leave by this thing for Christmas, pound i I've got some other things. But uh, <laughs> it was on the sort of e- economy rack. I love the economy. My mum always used to tell me off of buying plastic rubbish as a kid. I still love it. It was this helicopter with this cold thing and you pull it and apparently it goes. Well, my, in my family they call me Hands Liston because when anyone gets a present, I have to sh- I'll show you, I'll show you, that's me, right? I'm going to it here. So yeah. Levo, got, Levo got the helicopter, he couldn't do it. I said, give it here, boy, give it here. So, put a cord in, whack, broken. Seriously. <laughs> and you know what? I looked at the packaging and I looked at it and I thought, yeah. Not so, no, no big deal, in the bin. It was always going to happen. Why? It was pound fifty, And I think stuff that comes free, we can look down and despise and think, well, it's free, what's the big deal? So, okay, so I've got the gift of tongues. Okay, so I've got the gift of serving. I've got... Listen, here's the deal. You receive it freely because you are in a position before God of being under his favour. The reason you're under his favour and the reason that he can give you the gifts of the Spirit is because you're in Christ. You're in Christ because Christ laid down his life for you on a cross, was nailed to a cross and died for you and shed blood that is worth more than anything you could imagine. And so the bottom line is this, is these gifts that come to us freely were bought with a massive price. There's nothing cheap about them. There's nothing you could just look at, well, it's just free. No, 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 no. Jesus Jesus won everything for us at the cross. He won your salvation. He won your forgiveness. He won your reconciliation. He won your giftedness. Any gift you've got to serve or please God, Christ won it at the cross. And so although it comes freely, it's not cheap, or it's not just, well, God's light, he just gives things. No, no, no. God sees the blood of his son and honours it. God sees the life of his precious, only begotten son poured out for the sins of mankind and he honours it. And as long as you're under the blood of Christ, you are under the shower of God's favour and mercy. As long as you're hidden in him, you get treated as if you are him. That's the wonder of being in Christ, you see. So don't despise these things. Don't do that. It's just a sign of the wonder of the gospel. Freely we've received, but a mighty price was paid. Each has received, Peter says. You've got a spirit. If you're a believer here, you have a spiritual gift. You may have many, you may have one. That's down to God. Okay? That's why the beauty of the Christian life is you don't have to compare with other people. It's down to God's grace and it's as God wills. You may, have many. you may have a large gift and a large measure. You may have a relatively small gift and a small measure. Either way, the big deal isn't what you've got, the big deal is what you do with it. Because you won't be held to account for what that person's got, you'll be held to account for what you've got. And I am convinced that on judgment day it will be very true that there will be certain people who are entrusted with very little, but were very faithful with it. They are honoured and esteemed in ways that far outstrip those with huge gifts that were 50% faithful with it. Absolutely convinced of it there'll be those who look at it and think, oh my goodness, we heaven just going mental, and just, wow, they've done well, think, why? Why? they were just faithful with what they had. And that's all you're called to do, be totally faithful with what God gives you, not worry and stress, why aren't I like that, why can't I do that, no, 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 enjoy the grace of God on your life, enjoy the grace gifts being given to you, and employ them. So each one has a gift, each is received. Now I've got a list here of the gifts, I've just gone through a few of the passages, here they are. Leadership. There are some that are called to lead. I am not a natural leader. Okay, So if I wasn't saved, you wouldn't find me in some organisation leading it. That's not me. Other people are natural leaders. Yeah? God comes to some natural leaders and supernaturally endows them with leadership. He comes to others that naturally aren't and supernaturally endows them for leadership. So you, within the church you find leaders that would have been leaders anyway, but they're supernaturally gifted as well, and those who wouldn't be but they've been supernaturally gifted. It's the grace of God. That's how it works, okay? So for some, there's just a grace for them to be able to lead. It's not a heavy thing. It's just a God-enabling thing. I don't say, I'm worrying the whole time. It's it's grace. Giving. We're all called to give, but there are some who can just Just give. (laughs) Yeah? There's like an ability very often on them to earn loads and a grace to give loads. That's a good thing. We need loads more of them in our church. Not just in this church. In the church... In the church. Because I think for a long time Christians have been guilty about earning money and, you know, all love of money. Yeah, we don't want to love money. But I'll tell you what, we need earners that are willing to plough their money into the kingdom. Absolutely, unashamedly, it's a fantastic thing. And if that's you, if you've got that gift, excel in it. Excel. Don't be ashamed. Don't think, oh, it's not a very spiritual one. It's just as spiritual as speaking in tongues. It's from God. It's from God. Just go for it. I'll give you another form, standing order form later. Okay. <laughs> encouraging, just, there are some people, yeah, that just, you get around them and within 10 seconds you're just in a better place, you understand what I mean? Just amazingly gifted in encouragement, we're all called to encourage, but there are some who just think, wow, and so you strategically place them in certain roles in the church because you know, that's, you know, some of you guys are just so good with people that i have got leading the, the welcome. Teams. It's why, because you're great with people. People, people like being around you. People feel comfortable around you. They get encouraged around you. It's a gift of encouragement. Use it. Don't despise it. Don't look down on it. Don't think, no, it's huge. It's huge. You couldn't think, well, it's not a big deal. But I tell you, if you're someone who's not who, who, who tries, but it, you know doesn't always seem to work particularly well. I'm not talking about, I've got this friend. And uh, if, if you're, you look at those who are just able to just, and you think, wow, it's amazing, it's a good thing. Prophecy. I won't, I've got, it's about 20 years. so I can't do a couple of minutes on each because we'll be preaching for ages. But prophecy, just it's a massive gift, please use it. <laughs> Serving, the, the behind-the-scenes heroes. People, some people, they just love doing this stuff. No one notices. They're not blowing trumpets. But they just, they make the thing happen behind the scenes. Fantastic. There's nothing unspiritual about that. Some of you guys that are here, pretty much week in, week out at 9am on a Sunday. You don't get paid for it, but you're in. I know I can trust you and give you a responsibility. And you just get on and do it. And wow, before we know it, it's not a canteen anymore. It's a church. Beautiful. What gifts. What gifts. We should all have that servant attitude, and we can all prophesy. But there are some who excel. I want to encourage you. that's you just excel. Just don't, you know, because I think sometimes the English mentality is: if you are English, we can battle this. But you think, well, I don't want to sort of excel too much. <laughs> no, excel, excel, max it out. You know, don't be ashamed. The um, gift of languages—you might have heard it as tongues, but I think that's just a bit of a weird thing. You see, in the old days, they used to call languages tongues. Now we just what we use it more to talk about kissing. Just be honest. If I was outside of a church conference, I start talking about tongues, you'd think, if it was outside of you, would think, what's he on about? We don't use that word anymore. It's languages. There is a supernatural gift where you receive a language, a prayer language that you've never learned before. Okay? And there's the gift of that and there's the gift of interpreting those languages. So some of you, when someone brings a, a message in another language, you'll just think, I know what they're praying. What is that? It's the gift of interpretation. You bring it. <laughs> just bring the interpretation. Great. Um, wisdom. Some of you, you just know how to live life well. And others in the church will look at you and think, I want to, live what, I want to be able to live like that, the way you manage this. Amount. What is that? It's the gift of wisdom from God. Share it. Knowledge, when it comes to teaching, some people they just know things, um, just supernaturally working miracles. We need to see more of that in the church. We tend to be nervous around that. And also what we tend to do, we tend to exalt people to have that gift onto a pedestal that actually they should never have. Yeah? And we start thinking, oh, everything they say must be true because you know, they've got this gift of working miracles. Wow, well, I mean, that's crazy. Those of you who have been following the Lakeland, Florida thing, you know, you see Todd Bentley, a guy who's gifted and anointed in terms of healing and miracles. It doesn't mean he's a gifted teacher. So you don't swallow everyone's theology just because they can work miracles. Not you listen to the teachers, you want theology. Yeah? You see, you've got to use wisdom here, right? Um, We're nearly there. Evangelism, teaching, apostleship, administration. I always need more administrators. So if that's you, come and speak to me afterwards. Uh, Please. No, we've got some wonderful people doing wonderful administrative things. But We always need more. And again, I think it's, it's one of those things where people think, oh, it's not very spiritual. It is. It really is so spiritual. Showing mercy. Some of you, you walk past the homeless, the poor, the broken, and you just want to just collapse. You think, oh, God, what is that? It's a gift of showing mercy. God will give you ways to express that gift. Distinguishing between the Holy Spirit and other spirits. That's a very important gift. What's going on when this person speaking? I'm feeling a little bit funny, a bit uncomfortable here. What is going on here? You're picking something up in the spirit. They're not speaking from the Holy Spirit. Something else is going on in the spirit. Very important gift and finally the gift of faith. Everyone in this room that's a believer will have at least one of those. You need to be able to identify what it is and start maxing it out. And none of that, I haven't got any business. We will help you to discover your gift if you need that. You've got one. As each has received a gift, Peter says, employ them or use them to serve one another. To serve. Use them to serve. Don't use them to get glory. I'll work a miracle now. Gather around. You know, no, don't do that. Don't do that. It's unattractive. It doesn't bring God the glory. You know what I mean? You have to buy a funny suit. You know, I have to start speaking the American accent. Just use the gift. To serve. So you see a need there. See, you see, know, oh, and you think, I'm in fact, come on. Yeah, whatever gift you've got, use it to serve one another. So I think you should say, Who in this room at the moment do I think could do with my gift? Who could I serve with my gift? If you've got the gift of giving, who's got a financial need? You hear about, it, wow, okay, I'm going to bless them maybe anonymously or whatever, give them a load of money. Go for it. Just do it. Excel. Or you just think, they're just looking a bit. The, the, the countenance is fallen. Go and use that encouraging gift. Say I love you. Say you're great, or whatever's appropriate. It's just yeah, use the gift, okay? As you do that, Peter says you'll be stewarding God's grace. Well, you'll be you'll be managing the grace is given you for this gift. You'll be managing it well. The word there's like a, if he was over a household, you'll be stewarding it and managing it. You're putting things in the right place as you employ your gift. Jesus did, did the amazing thing just before he went to the cross where he took off his outer robe and he started to wash his disciples' feet. Many of you will know that story. Now, in those days, that was the slave's job. You'd come in after walking on a dusty road and the slave's job was to wash your feet. So when Jesus did it, it was kind of like, man, it was radical. It was, it was uncomfortable to the point that Peter said, no, and then Jesus says, you don't let me. You've got nothing to do with me. And he said, all right, give me a bath. <laughs> it's great, Peter, isn't it? You know, Jesus says, no, you're fine. It's just the feet. But, uh, you know, he served. Yeah? And then after he washed their feet, he said to them, listen, as I've done this to you, you do this to one another. Serve one another. You think, well, how do churches grow? It grows when people serve one another. It doesn't just grow numerically, but it grows in love, it grows in substance, in terms of community, as people serve one another. There's a story once of a, uh, a pastor who, um, well, what, he was telling this story, someone came into their church and they needed somewhere to stay. So someone in the church, you can stay at my place for a couple of weeks. And then the person said he could stay at his house, then spoke to the pastor about a week later and said, Look, I'm a bit annoyed about this because I've got this person standing in my house, and you know, I, I, I thought the church would have done something about it. And the pastor said, They did. Yeah? Do you get the point? So the person was thinking, Pastor, you should have done, because this is the organization. No, he says, No, the church did. It's the community. Yeah? You putting them up was the church doing something. You see what I'm saying? And the idea isn't this kind of organisation with a HQ. It's the community. We serve and we love one another. So I want to just say this. Listen, don't let anything stop you employing your gift. Is it fear? Is it timidity? Is it English culture? Or oh, better not, they might think I'm showing off. Yeah, you know, some, of some of you struggle with that. You've got a song or a word to bring. You think, oh, better not, people might think I'm showing off. The Bible says, throw off everything that hinders. You need to get hold of that mentality and throw it off. Say, no, God's got this going to build people up. And then you handle the emotional vulnerability afterwards. You sit down, you have a few funny thoughts, you handle it. You handle it. I will say that, you know, I, I, speaking personally, I mean there were. you know, there was years, weren't there? We used to call it preacher's science. Years in the early in the early days, early first few years ago, so preaching, you come back Sunday and you're doing a washing up, and suddenly you think of something you said, and you go, Oh. Yeah? When minute go, what's wrong? You think, oh, it's just something I said. You know, oh, why didn't I say that? Oh, the way that person was looking at me when I was preaching. You know, I'm, you know, I'm human too, right? Smile, right now. <laughs> but you, you, and there's this, you know, and whenever you do something to step out for God, you put yourself in a position where you, there's a vulnerability emotionally afterwards. You know, you kind of, you know, but you've got to walk through that. You can't just go, I won't do that again. So it wasn't very nice. No, you, you say I'm going to walk through it, and you become robust, and you become strong, and God grows you through it. Yeah. Don't just back off and go timid. Don't do that because God's got great gifts for you. So I want to say, give your best to the church. Give your best to the church. Every Sunday, it takes at least twenty people to serve to make this thing happen. You know, if you're around on the church and you're new, you think, "How do I serve?" Your name will be on the rotor from October. (gasps) Your name will be on the rotor, and you know, we'd love to put you a place where you'd love to serve. So let us know where. But if you're on the rotor, please turn up. Please turn up on time. Please turn up with a good attitude. Please turn up and think, I'm, this isn't just about moving tables, this is about getting ready a holy place to meet with God. Yeah? That's why we get the hospitality guys praying before they do the tea and coffee. The setup guys pray. The band prays. Because every bit's as spiritual as every bit, yeah? But we're getting ready to serve Jesus and glorify Him. It's an amazing thing to be part of God's church and building that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, um... And then Peter just finishes by saying, in order that in everything God may be glorified. As you use your gift, God gets glorified. You might think, in what ways? They've got a few little short ways. How does God get glorified when you use your gift in the church? Number one, he gets the glory for being totally extravagant in the giving of gifts. Because the more you start actually taking on board in faith, you've got a gift and using it, the more you'll see other gifts develop. And the more you'll see what a blessing you are. And you think, man, God, I can't believe you're using me like this. Do you know what I mean? You think, God, you are so abundant. You're so extravagant. And I think we've got to really break off any mentality of a stingy God and just really got to kill it. Because it's such a slander on God's character. He's so abundant. He's so extravagant. He's so over and above. And in Christ, Christ has opened up the way whereby every blessing can be ours in Him. Well, it is ours in Him. So we can walk in that Confidently. So we, so, so we see his extravagance. And then secondly, God gets the glory because what you get is a church that is working. And a church that is doing all it should. And a church that's not a laughing stock. And a church that's not a source of mockery in the world. But a church where people look up and say, wow, what is this? In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 3 verse 10 that the church is... A, is um, To the principalities and powers, the demons, the uh, spiritual powers uh, in the heavens, uh, the angels, they look on when they see the church working as it should, and they see the wisdom of God. They think only God could have done that with that group of people. Yeah? Only, that must, that's amazing. They see, where where do the angels look when they want to see God's wisdom? They look to the church. They say, what is this community? They forgive one another. They're, they're serving one another. They're, they're moving forward like a body. The finger's not trying to be an elbow. The elbow's happy being an elbow. The knee's not complaining. It's not an ankle. They're all in place and they're moving together. They go, wow, what is that? It's the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of God. The demons look on in fear. They say, man, these guys are just a motley crew, but look at them. Look at what God's doing. What is the... They say, God is just... We can't beat this. It's the wisdom of God. It's glorious. It's the church the church God wants us to have a vision of the church you know Jesus loves the church so much when Paul, when he knocked Saul off his horse when Saul of Tarsus was about to get saved he said why are you persecuting me who was Saul persecuting, the church but Jesus says why are you persecuting me, it's my body it's my body every time you lock up a Christian every time you kill a Christian I feel it in my body, he loves his church and what we're about in this church is a great work it's a great work To be co-laboring with Christ, building this church, is a wonderful privilege. And it does literally deserve all that we've got and all that we are. Now, some, like myself, in this particular season, I'm called to give myself to it in a a full-time work capacity. Others, you've got very demanding careers, and I'm totally respect, that's your worship, I'm totally for you in that. But all I'm saying is this, the church is glorious. And in what capacity you can, within your calling, give yourself to it. Give yourself to it. And God will be wonderfully glorified. Thirdly, God gets the glory because when a church serves one another and cares for each other, it begins to look like the one it represents. It looks like God. <gasps> I say, wow, look at the way they love each other. That was what made the early church as effective as it was. They would say, look at the way they love each other. Listen, it's not, it's not rocket science, this doing church well thing. It's about loving each other speaking the truth to one another in love, correcting where need be, but most of all encouraging, looking to spur one another onto good works, not giving up meeting together, but saying, no, I'm going to gather because I want to get encouraged. I want to finish with this one illustration. It's like a, the gift of encouragement. It's like a pinball thing, right? Imagine someone walks into church having a, just a rubbish week and they're thinking, oh, mate, I've only just dragged myself here. Maybe that's someone today. i only just dragged myself here. So the last place I want to be. And then someone on the welcome team's there and says, how you you doing? <laughs> How are you doing? Big hug. Good to see you. And then they just say, I, was, I just want to say, I love it when you pray out. I love it when you pray out. It's so good for my soul. So that person then walks in, gets a tea or coffee and things. And then during the time of praise, they just get this prayer bubbling up in them at Thanksgiving and they think, "Ah, oh, do it'd be silly. And they suddenly remember what the door person said. And they think, no, this is going to do something good. So they pray out a prayer. As they're praying out, it turns out it's a prophetic prayer. And the prophets start bubbling away as this prayer comes because it begins to kick off things, spark things prophetically. So then the prophets come up and say, as, as that person was praying, I think there's some people here that are struggling in this area, and God wants to say this and this and this, and then, who is that? And then ten people in the church stand up. Yeah. say, so, right, get out, let's pray for you. They come out to be prayed for, and then the prayers roll their sleeves up. Say, right. So they come out, and they start praying and hearing from God and ministering, and, and, so, and this is, I feel God's going to use you in the workplace this week. God's going to, so this person goes back to the workplace, and then they say, look, I just want to live with my friend. Can I tell you about Jesus? Yeah, I'd love to hear about Jesus. This person man, it's wildfire. What was it started by? One person encouraging one other person. That's how it works. That's not pipe dreams, That's reality. That's how God's ordained it. That's why, wonderfully, it's not just the man at the front or the woman at the front or the people at the front just kind of do everything, but we get, now people bring what God's, because that's what the Bible says it should be like. And it's easy now, that, seeing as we're quite a small church, as it grows, we'll have to work it through, but that's God's plan. That is God's will. So really, just to kind of finish, just to say this. I want to ask you, unashamedly, to give yourself to the church, because it's what God's doing. You want to be involved in what God's doing on the earth? Give yourself to the church. You might say, I, don't know, I might only be around for a year, I've been moving on, that's fine. While you're here, give yourself to the church. None of us know where we're going to be tomorrow, let's face it. We might think we do, but we don't. We don't really. You might have your year planner, but really, let's be honest. You don't know. So all we can do is give ourselves to where we are. And to we'll ask you to do that. And also I want to just say to anyone if you actually don't know the Lord you actually, you've never experienced this grace. You may have even thought Christianity was just about trying to be good or, you know, trying to kind of make yourself love God. That's not what it's about at all. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And it's as we see his love for us, shown most perfectly in the death of his one and only son and in the resurrection of Jesus, as you see the love of God for you, that Jesus died for you, for your sins, so the wrong things, horrible things you've done and said, even the, even the state of your heart and all its darkness, so you could be forgiven, get a brand new heart, be born again. If you see that, you can't help but love him back. You can't help but love him. And if you've never experienced that love, that grace, I want to just say this to you. Listen, we're going to break bread at some point today and, and drink the wine and to remember Christ's death for us. maybe I want to urge you at that point. I want to plead with you. Take the bread and drink the wine and say, Jesus, I want to be in you. I want to be part of you and part of what you're doing. I want to be caught up in the main story. I want to be caught up in the glorious things you're doing. That's between you and God. No one can force that or coerce it. It's totally between you and God. But what I can do is say it's the best thing in the world, to be reconciled to God and to know him personally we pray? Father, thank you for your amazing grace. <laughs> oh, Lord. Thank you, it says in the Bible, that we will stand because you're able to make us stand. And there's been seasons in all our lives where we thought, I've got nothing left, but you've just come in, Lord. And you've held us close and you've encouraged us and you've caused us to stand again. And Lord, you're amazing. Thank you for these people here. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're doing, the hearts and lives of these people here. Thank you for the grace gifts that have been given freely because of the wonderful, wonderful work of Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. It's not about trying to whip something up or make something happen. It's about us learning in you to become all that you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord. It's the most natural thing in the world. Hallelujah. But it's also supernatural. And I just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives, for what you're doing, Lord. And uh, as we're just standing there, I just feel like the Lord. Just there's some area where you just feel like you wanna you wanna draw a line in the sand. And today, and say, I'm gonna use my gift. I'm gonna stop apologising, or stop being timid, or disqualifying myself, or getting into a works mentality. I can't use it because I've done this enough, or pretending you haven't even got certain gifts and all of that. I feel like for some of you, it's a time where you're gonna say, right, I'm not gonna do that anymore. It's God's gift. It's, I'm to steward it. I don't even own it. It's His gift but I want to use it to serve my brothers and sisters in the church and, and wider the field. If that's you, you just know that's in your heart today. It's kind of a bit of a moment for you. I want to ask you to stand where you are. I'm going to pray for you. you okay, Lord Lord I want to thank you for stirring people's hearts today I want to thank you God for quickening faith in was hearts Lord that you've gifted them and you've got great stuff for them I want to just pray Lord for all those that to, just to today and just feel yeah I need to I want to just I'm not going to hide anymore I'm not going to or whatever whatever you've been just speaking in there Lord we just bless what you're doing we thank you and we just pray Lord for the real gracious release of all you've put in them and they'd really be able to find their place, find their place of serving, of serving one another, of just being confident in what you've given. Them. We pray in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for them. Lord, we pray, release gifts today. Fresh gifts, fresh faith, Lord, I pray, in their heart. Lord, fresh wonder, your grace, I pray. Fresh gratitude, Lord, I pray. God, come to them. Even as they stood today, Lord, I thank you, you honour that. You honour when we actually say, yeah, actually. It's thank you, you honour. I pray, Holy Spirit, just fill them. Let them know, God, you're just... Uh, You're close. I pray for those who have bowed down in spirit and have been crushed, and 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 um, and have been. It's like it's like confidence in what you've put in them has been robbed away. We just pray for a restoration today in Jesus' name. We just pray you'd restore people's hearts today in the name of Jesus. It would be given back, Lord, almost in a in a in a a over the top measure, and would flow down, and they'd be like, "Wow, yeah!" Be like being under the shower of your love today in in a new way. I pray. Father God, Father, I pray for dreams you put in their hearts to just come alive again. For some, I just feel like it's like some dreams have just gone a bit cobwebs, you know, it's a bit kind of, oh, I just pray they'd be shined off, Lord, and would take their place again, Lord, as an as a energising factor in their lives. Lord, we thank you in the last days, you say, we'll prophesy, we'll have visions and dream dreams. We pray for godly dreams to just stir up. And God, we just thank you for the giftedness, Lord God, of all those that have stood. Let them know, Lord, they have received gift, gifts, gifts from you. We pray for faithful hearts. Faith, they would be faithful with what you've given them and that you would multiply and give them more, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand?